Here's a message from Ken Lavica. There is a new national champion in college football. But does it really feel any different? Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. The Georgia Bulldogs are your college football national champion. A story so big, I forgot that the college football national championship game was being played until 11.30 yesterday, a half hour before our show began. But... Alabama, the mighty Crimson Tide, have been knocked off. And now that the college football season has come to an end and there's a new king, what do we think of the college football season? Ken Levick alive here on a Tuesday on ESPN 106.3. And because it's Tuesday, back for the back end of his doubleheader is Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, uh, and uh, Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, running things until 2 o'clock here in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the chilly and dreary Intracoastal. Uh, first things first, this is the most important discussion from last night, and I want uh, I want our, our, our listeners to uh to weigh in as well how much game did you miss because of sleep last night theo well quite honestly i missed the ending which was also kind of decent because alabama was apparently driving and then georgia gets the pick six all of that i missed i remember texting somebody like yeah i think alabama has this one and then like getting the text back like yeah this is just like every other year and then like five minutes later i dozed off yeah so you didn't see like the the only meat part of the game other than stetson bennett's (laughs) long touchdown throw you fell asleep through but it happens to all of us and so for me let me tell you about this power move last night that i pulled Mm -hmm. okay so i uh First quarter ends my last recollection is hearing chris fowler send it to break after 15 minutes of football I don't wake up again until seven minutes left to go in the third That's quarter. I, I, I woke up, and I immediately started to see points being put up. It was still 9-6 by the time I, I woke up, but then I saw the Stetson Bennett uh, 500 style throw for the touchdown. Mm. Uh, I saw Alabama come back down and score. I saw Alabama or uh, Georgia drive again, then the pick six. So I saw all those things. I don't know if there's ever been a big game where I've timed my sleep. My body mm. has timed my sleep better than that. That was the ultimate sleep power move because I knew I wasn't going to make it. I wasn't going to make it, but. I slept through the slowest parts, which was, well, almost the entire first half and the early part of the second half, and then saw all the big moments. So, body, kudos to you. Uh, College football season is over. Georgia, the champions, first time in 40 years. It's not Alabama. They get knocked off the national championship game. This is a year where Alabama doesn't win. Clemson doesn't win. Ohio State doesn't win. Theo, does it feel any different to you? No, because the SEC won. And isn't that the just the story of college football kinda over the past like two decades? It. It's like, feels like it. You wake up and you realize in our past 20 years, we've had Florida, Bama, Auburn, Georgia now, and of course, uh, what did I say, Bama already? LSU. I forgot about LSU. Florida State. Run. 
Florida State. You had a Florida kinda, State in there well, in Florida the middle State's of that. Florida State's ACC, though. Yeah. You got the Florida State. But the vast majority SEC. It's all, all SEC or all just the southeastern corridor of these yeah. United States. Yeah. Uh, it really doesn't feel that different. It's not. It, it, it doesn't. And I don't know if it's because the national championship three years ago was to uh, beating Georgia. Yeah. I don't know if it is because you hear a lot about Georgia or because it's the SEC, but it really doesn't feel like we're in a new era of college football. Like any power access has changed here. Now, now, if you were listening to radio in the state of Georgia, in the Peach State right oh, now. Oh, this, yeah. this is the greatest moment in <laughs> yeah. many lifetimes. Also, they would say, yeah, the, the dynasty is starting now. Like we, we've been oh, winning yeah. the recruiting battles. We've got the talent. We got the five stars. Now Kirby Smart has his one up on Saban. Like that's what they're saying in Georgia. Kirby right now. Smart has brought defense back to college football. Yeah. We did it with a third string quarterback. Oh, yeah. This was the greatest defense in the history of the sport. Of you know what's wild is Georgia, it seems like forever ago now that we were watching them get absolutely throttled by Alabama in Atlanta in oh, the SEC yeah. championship. It seems like decades ago now. <laughs> I said yesterday, Alabama was going to win by two touchdowns. Whoops. We were a little uh, off. Yeah, a little, little, uh, little off. Georgia figured fair, them out. To be fair, you know, Bryce was working without his weapons. He was working without his weapons. He loses Jameson with Oh, Williams, boy, that injury or, is. And, again, this goes back to, and, and Williams is obviously going to yeah. play because he's playing for a championship. Yeah. But it goes back to, if you're not playing for a championship, that's case in point why you don't play in your bowl game mm. when you are on the precipice of making major money. He's is that knee? Oh, yeah. That knee is torn up. And you can see it. Because that turf at Lucas Oil Stadium, and I was there a couple of months ago for Big Ten Media Days right there on that turf. I mean, those are knee injuries waiting to happen. Unforgiving. Mm. Yeah. Man, was that tough to watch. And then they kept making us watch it. Which, yeah, again, yeah. Who, are, again. who are these sick producers <laughs> at these national broadcasts? Oh, look at that tendon. Look at it yeah. explode. Like they just keep every single nasty injury, it feels like these days. They're running it more than they did 10, 20 years ago when it was like, okay. It's, like, it's really weird. It's like back in the day, all those freaks that would buy the Faces of Death cassettes yeah. and have them like delivered to their door. Now they get it on television where they can just watch people's joints blow apart. Yeah, just sit back and watch. Uh, but last night was a good game. It was fine, right? It, it, it wasn't uh, an all-time great. It wasn't as good as the first time these two teams met in a college football playoff national championship game. But it was good. It was physical. It was nasty. It was hard-hitting. It's everything we sort of expected. And Georgia's defense rules. Like, yeah. it, it's, it is tenacious. It is dangerous. It is violent. I, I, I firmly enjoy and sincerely enjoy watching Georgia play defense. It's everything is advertised. It was it was a good college football game last night. Yeah, they're big, fast, strong. They're all over the field, and they did a lot of that bend don't break. Like Bama was moving the ball. It's oh, yeah. hard when you have all of that field and you have an offense like Bama does. They spread it out. You have an elite quarterback. You're going to be able to get yards. But Georgia was like, yeah, you can get up to the thirty or the mm-hmm. twenty, mm-hmm. and you can kick a field goal. Then we're going to lock you down. Yeah, and you can try that all over again. Then they blocked the field goal later on. So it's like Georgia had. Their defense woke up. They were embarrassed in that SEC championship yeah. game. And I think they had something to prove, and maybe that's what they needed to be able to have a performance like that in the national title. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, Alabama and Georgia. Mm. Uh, we saw it a couple of years ago. We see it again last night. We saw it a month ago. <laughs> it's like we saw it enough. Yeah, we, we, we saw it over and over again. And uh, if, if you thought that this is going to be the last 
of Alabama and Georgia. Well, listening to Freddie and Fitzsimmons last night here on ESPN 106.3 at the end of the the national championship game, well, they think that this honestly is only the beginning of the Crimson Tide and the Bulldogs. Here's something else about tonight's game that will probably make you hate tonight's game. You might get this as a repeat next year. A lot of these dudes on both sides of the teams and both sides of the ball are going to be coming back. And the ones that are not coming back are going to be replaced by what? Four- and five-star dudes. Kirby Smart of Georgia and Nick Saban of Alabama did not get here just recruiting run-of-the-mill guys. They're well past that now. They have the pick of the litter. They're going to get those guys, and they're going to continue to do that. So if you couldn't stand the fact that the SEC has now had the last three national champions, LSU, then Alabama, now Georgia, if you didn't like the fact that the SEC had two teams in the national championship game tonight, you might even really hate it next year. You might get a part two. Kind of feels like that, right? I don't think Freddie Coleman's wrong. I wouldn't put my money anywhere else. Like, could you bet on Michigan or maybe Ohio State? I mean, is Michigan even going to have their coach back? Michigan might not have its coach. Even with their coach, look what happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're not even the same planet as the now national champions. Right. So who would be the team that would be able to creep up on one of those programs? and be able to insert itself into this discussion. Maybe Ohio State. Maybe. But again, it's Ohio State. They're always there. Yeah. They're always there. Yeah. Uh, this This was an anomaly this year. So, you had two SEC teams blow out their opponent in the playoff and go to the national championship game. Sort of feels like almost every other year. But let's grade out the college football season. One, we're sad that it's over. Mm. So, it's always fun to look back on what made us happy during college football. But, while things changed, you had a group of five get into the playoff, so many things stayed the same with two SEC teams playing for a national championship. But, We do have a new national champion, even though it doesn't feel all that different because it's still a powerhouse. It is different because it's the first time they've actually won it. Mm. Let's grade out this college football season, okay? And Theo, we are going to we're going to use the criteria of intrigue, fun, parody, star power, and then how your team did as well. And I want everybody else to jump in with us as well because I want you to give me who your team is, and Theo and I are going to help you grade your college football season based on your explanation. But we Can want I change my team? Can I be Georgia now? You can't be Georgia now. You can't <laughs> play the result like that. Okay, you can't okay, do that. Okay, just check it. Now, uh, it, it also, I suppose it doesn't matter if it's a uh, an FBS school because your team technically is not an FBS school. <laughs> uh, you're a Hampton yeah, a college Hampton football guy, yeah. fan. All right. But my favorite college, you know, I, you can it can change. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'm a Canes fan and it's been tough. All right, you, you can take you can use the Cane yeah, yeah, Canes for example. Canes. So for me, I, I the intrigue was there all season because you had group of five flirting with the college football playoff. And it was clear that the, they were trying to have the fix in for the college football playoff team. Yeah. Trying to find a way to not include them in the top four before it became untenable and they just had to include them. So the intrigue was there. I think the fun was there. Ole Miss had a 10-win season. Lane Kiffin was fun. That was good stuff. Matt Corral, that's fun. That's good. Michigan coming back, being relevant. That's good. You and I sat there outside the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl and talked about our most memorable moments of the college football season. And what did I say, Theo? That the win at the big house over Ohio State, that was memorable. That's good stuff. 
Those are great visuals. Michigan State, that's cool when Mich- or Michigan, that's cool when Michigan's good again. Well, I thought it was the horseshoe, right? No, they, they, were, the, they, were, at the, they were at the they were at the big house. They were at the big house. Yeah. Okay. So like that's cool. That's cool. That's that's good stuff. That's yeah. celebratory. That's big stuff. Yeah. Um, star power, not the greatest quarterback year in college football. Really rough. You have a Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young, who's more than deserving. But for those of you that don't think Tua is a guy at the NFL level, you're going to have the same questions about Bryce Young. I mean, he's got a lot of similarities. Looks like Tua. Looks like him. Throws like him, except that he's a righty. Uh, Same sort of arm power. Um, But then the ultimate result, you had a different champion. But again, it's an SEC champion. Yeah, It's a team that had been there within... The number of years of of, of fingers on my hand. Uh, yeah. it, it, they've been there. We've seen that whole thing. They just got redemption, and we saw them get blown out by the team they just beat a month ago. So you sort of sit there, and you think to yourself, eh, okay. And then my team, FAU, I mean, they're a disappointment. They were a disappointment. Year. They didn't even make a bowl game. Uh, they fell apart the final month of the season. Uh, they, they face-planted their way to the finish line. So for me, I'm going to give the college football season a C-plus. Mm. Me, I'm going C-plus on 2021. Enjoyable? Sure. Great? No. Am I inspired by the new champion? Meh. C-plus for me. Where do you sit on this? How are you grading? How is Theo Dorsey grading the college football season? Well, it honestly, it's not ever about how you start. Of course, the journey's great, but it's about how you finish. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we talked about this. We, you know, myself and Stone, we went out to bars to go watch the college football national championship game. And I because you're young men, you're young yeah. virile men. I'm old and washed. <laughs> well, look, by halftime, the guys, I was, we all looked at each other and said, "Let's uh, let's take it back to the room and like watch the rest there because <laughs> we were all washed and ready to go to sleep." And we, and again, that's why I fell asleep in the fourth quarter. But <laughs> needless to say, the fact that the intrigue wasn't there, the fact that even us here on Sports Talk Radio, it wasn't enough hype around the actual. National championship. We spent game. four and a half minutes talking about it yesterday. That's ridiculous. So to me, it's hard to give it anything above a C. I'd have to go C minus. I'm a Canes oh, fan. Tough grader. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, a Canes yeah, fan. Yeah. So even you know, take those expectations and what the reality is. It might even get down to a D. But what I would say is this: the parody was there. The intrigue was there. Parody. Obviously, we end up with an SEC champion. But at least we have the Cincinnati makes it. Michigan. That's new blood in the college football playoff. You saw Michigan take out Ohio State. You saw Michigan State come mm-hmm. up. Like, that's something we forget. That storyline, they were like... With a coach trendy. who consistently wears shorts. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's big time. I'm into that. Yeah. More of that, please. He's different. He's They're definitely different. different. I love that. You know what, honestly, kind of spoiled the college football season for me as well is the backlash that a group of five team got getting in. Oh, since he... There yeah. is such an elitist mindset amongst college football fans and they hated Cincinnati being in. And then they tried to use Cincinnati's loss to Alabama as a reason to prove their side that a group of five shouldn't go in, even though Michigan, powerful Michigan, they're back. Yeah. Got absolutely obliterated. Just hammered way more so, way more so than Cincinnati did against Alabama. But there was a lot of ill will that were wished upon what should have been good stories this year in college football. Yeah, now, now that's very true. And, and I think with the whole with the whole group of five thing, there, there's a certain subgroup of college football fans who will never be turned. You know, like, they're the guys that, you know, they're, they're going to be sticking with that no matter what happens. A group of five team might win, and they'll be like, well, that was a bad Alabama year. 
It's mm-hmm. a down year. Oh, there'll be so excuses. Excuses galore. They're gonna find it. So I can't even even that doesn't affect me as much because I'm like whatever. Y'all, I'm I'm sick of y'all. Y'all will die out eventually. We'll get new college football fans who appreciate the good things in life. But what I will say is this: star power, like we're it, it a huge deficit this year for college football. Yeah. Um. What players or even huge plays do you walk away from this season really remembering? Like I like yeah. must see. There was no must see TV guys. They tried to make Aiden Hutchinson that on the back end of the years. They were making that push for him to go to New York. Yeah, that was great. But at the end of the day, like what was the Heisman moment this year? What was Bryce Young's Heisman moment? They, they're saying the drive in the Iron Bowl. Okay, which is which was great. Which was great, but it also was tame compared to some of the yeah. other Heisman moments that we can remember. And there were no must see players like there was no Lamar Jackson there was no even like in college Baker Mayfield was like I want to tune in and watch Oklahoma Kyler Murray was like that there was no Reggie Bush I mean honestly the coaching carousel ended up having more intrigue what happened at the end of the season with coaches ended up having more intrigue than anything that happened on the field which I think is a little bit damning about this college football season so Theo gives it a C minus yeah I give it a C plus here in the state of Florida we know college football this year Unless you're a UCF fan. But even they didn't meet what their standard should be. It really got salvaged because they beat Florida. And not just college football, football in general in the state of Florida. Just football, period. Just bad. Other than the Bucs. Oh, yeah, the Bucs. Yeah. Even for the Bucs. Look at the, look at what's happening. They might lose first round of the playoffs. Man, you are really... You're, I'm just saying, like, the Bucs have kind of bottomed out in the past four or five weeks. He's, he's, he is wishing for this. Theo is wishing for this so hard. We are seeing Temple of Troll, <laughs> Troll Theo roll through here. I would, I you can see wait. him lose in the first round. Yeah, I cannot Fingers wait. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> so the college football season here in Florida was downright terrible. Okay? We have a champion, a new champion, but it's in – SEC team that it played for a national championship three years ago. Uh, The star power was okay. We don't have really many signature quarterbacks. We did have good stories like Michigan and Michigan State. We did get a group of five team in the playoff. I give this college football season now that it's over a C plus. Theo gives it a C minus. So let's grade it out here. How do you grade the college football season? Whether you're a hardcore college fan, whether you are very much just a casual college fan. Uh, how did your team do this year? I think that factors in. And most importantly to me, what parts of last night's game did you sleep through? Okay? Grade the college football season. How would you, what's your final grade for the college football season? And how much of last night's game did you sleep through? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We're on Twitter at ESPN West Palm. That's 888-760-3776. How would you grade out this year's college football season with a new champion and a group of five team in the playoffs? And how much of last night's game did you sleep through? Through. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Uh, how does the FAU MBA Sport Management Program grade out amongst uh, potential employers in sports? Uh, a, 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 because you see that on a resume and you're in the hiring process 
of uh, a sports organization, a sports franchise, uh, a sports business, well, they see the FAU MBA Sport Management Program degree, and they say, oh, man, this person is qualified. That's what happens when you have had a program that has thrived for 22 years on FAU's Boca campus under the tutelage of the great Dr. Jim Reardon. The professors, they teach because they're in the sports industry, because they know the firsthand knowledge, because they're passing along. Dr. Jim Reardon, he has made countless relationships. The internships are there. You are meeting people. You are knowing people. You are learning the industry. It's as immersive as you're going to find. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, your path to the sports industry, 22 years of grooming the sports executives of tomorrow. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Find out more. That's fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. How would you grade this college football season? I say C+. Theo says C-. And how much of last night's game did you sleep through? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Every damn day, I realize how much older I am than everyone else here at ESPN West Palm. Okay, Theo, how old are you? I'm 28. All right. Our, our teammate Cyrus Whitty, you're in your 20s, right? Okay, he just turned 30, but I'm still seven full years older than Cyrus. Friday Night Lights is like 23, okay, fresh off the college football field. I made a reference in the opening 20 minutes of the show <laughs> to anybody who's my age, like 37, 38, 39, 40, uh, I made a reference to Faces of Death, the <laughs> the cassette you used to be able to order, which, I mean, the, the title explains it all. It used to be video of people uh, being severely injured and or, or dying, oh like being goodness. hit by trains, what hit by buses, that? parachutes not opening, impaled on things. People would pay money for that, and uh, it, it no longer is in existence. But I made a reference to Faces of Death, and they were like, what were you talking about? Yeah. And nobody, Theo... Cyrus, Friday Night Lights had no idea what I was talking about. Absolutely yeah. not. So one, I feel old, and two, it's embarrassing that I made a reference to maybe the most vile thing that has been sold in the mainstream American market over the last 30 years, and the guys in here had absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. We are grading the college football season. I'm giving it a C plus because I appreciate that a group of five team got into the playoff, despite the uh, the Power Five haters wanting to diminish Cincy. Uh, I appreciate Michigan winning the Big Ten, keeping Ohio State from getting back to the college football playoff. I appreciate a team like Wake Forest coming out of nowhere, a team like Pitt winning the ACC. I'm good with that. I appreciate some new blood, Clemson falling off, Dabo being miserable. I love that. I'm good with that. That's a good thing. Uh, But there wasn't a ton of star power this year in college football. We still have, while it's a new national champion, a powerhouse SEC team that has won the national championship. And this is largely a year that's going to be remembered for the big-name coaching departures as opposed to anything that happened on the field. So for that, I give it a C+. Theo and my team, FAU, only five wins. 
Theo, Kane's fan, disappointed obviously with that. But you're even you're being a tougher grader than me. You're going C minus on this season because with college football of all sports, I like to have a memorable icon of that season. I like to look back on it like you'll never forget the days of Lamar Jackson dashing around. You'll never forget the days of Saquon Barkley even had a lot of huge highlights. Uh, I'm a Canes fan. Yeah. I think back to like Devin Hester, like Johnny Manziel, Johnny, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. Like there's these electrifying players that. When they're on, I don't care if it's at the 1 o'clock slot, the, the 4 o'clock, the 8 o'clock, you're going to try and watch it because you don't want to miss what happened. There was nothing like that. Like, I can't even think of anybody close to that this year. Yeah. You know what? If if the loss to Texas A&M would have ultimately kept Alabama out of the playoff, I think maybe we have a little bit different outlook on this. I don't know like, if, if there was if, no Bama at all. If there was no another. Bama at all in the playoff, if say if a Notre Dame or a Baylor got in as opposed to Alabama getting in or Alabama getting that shot at Georgia, it, like it, say Alabama loses to Auburn. I yeah. mean, Alabama became the true wild card and the one team whose absence could have made this a well above average college football season because they wouldn't be around, but they overcame the loss to Texas A&M. They weren't the same Alabama of last year. They weren't the same Alabama of several national championships that Nick Saban has won, but they found a way to like grit their, their way into this national championship spot, but it inherently made it more boring and less intriguing because they were in there. Yeah. Their presence itself makes things a little more boring. It sort of diminishes it, right? But then when they're not there, people are going to say, oh, we want the tried and true traditional yeah. power. So I just, I, don't, I want chaos. I'm all for chaos. And this college football season had enough chaos for me to give it a C plus, to have it a little bit above average. But there wasn't enough for me to say, that was a good college football season. Because there's really not a ton of recognizable names out of this year. Yeah. It's just not. And there's no even with the quarterbacks like we're forcing we're forcing quarterbacks into like the top fifteen of the draft like we didn't even have the intriguing draft prospect quarterbacks yeah. the best one got injured in his bowl game uh, it you know at this point for me as a college football fan it is like this year kind of a throwaway for me especially as a Canes fan as well yeah like there's nothing I feel like I would have missed if I would have slept through this whole season I wouldn't feel bad about it. Now points though for this being a real college football season as opposed to last year. Well, last year was super last year sweet. sucked. Every part of last year yeah. just sucked. And the only constant was Alabama <laughs> winning the national championship. This year at least we got back to for the most part full houses, full schedules. Very few cancellations until bowl season. But, man, the final part of the college football year was dominated by cranky Kirk Herbstreet and his thoughts on opt-outs and NIL and dominated by Brian Kelly being seduced by sacks of cash from Baton Rouge and Lincoln Riley leaving for USC and really nothing that was happening on the field. So for me, it's a C plus. For Theo, it's a C minus. Christina Costanzo, who you hear with Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina every day at four here on ESPN 106.3. She came in during the break and said, it's an F and I slept through the whole thing. So that's where she stands on that. She says the college football season was an F. What do you think? 
How do you grade this college football season? How enjoyable was it? Now that it's over, looking back, how enjoyable was the college football season for you? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. How would you grade? We're bringing you back to academia. How would you grade this college football season, and how much of it did you sleep through last night with the national championship game? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And it tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. By the way, we're in unprecedented territory here in this state with this college football season, but then also moving forward. Because you have a new head coach at Miami. Chris the Ball. You have a new head coach at Florida. You have a coach that's still trying to find his footing and made some progress this year, but Florida State still unable to get to a bowl game. Has there been some progress? Yeah. Do you know if it's consistent? Uh-uh. They lost their their highest-rated recruit to Jackson State. Mm. Didn't they just lose another one to Jackson State? Well, too? Miami more so did than Florida State. Yeah. I mean, Miami was a favorite for the most recent Jackson State commit, but it didn't get nearly the pub that Travis Hunter did because yeah. uh, it happened on early signing day. Um, but there is there is more in flux here in this state with college football than at any time I can ever remember. And it, it, with Billy Napier, this is a wild card. This is not a guy who was an absolute home run, splashy hire. He comes in after a great job at Louisiana, but can he make the leap now to the SEC? That's a tough ask. That is a really, really tough ask, especially when Dan Mullen, who seemed like a sure thing, even going into last season, even after his erratic behavior last year, coming into this season, no one could have expected how badly that fell apart and disintegrated. And then you've got Miami, where now they're throwing cash all over the place, but like any time at Miami, and especially now because there's money all over the place surrounding Mario Cristobal, if he doesn't start showing results in like two years because Canes fans are the most impatient fan base in all of college football, it's going to be ugly again. There are some really significant transitions being made right now. These are significant times with college football in this state. We're seeing either the beginning of a rebuild or the true end of eras. And I'm fascinated to see which way it goes. I mean, look at FAU. Yeah. And Willie Taggart is going into a third season where... FAU is going to need to to be bowl eligible. FAU is going to need to be in the championship discussion in the final month of the season, or else I think fans are going to start saying, um, hmm. and I, I love Willie. I'm all in on Willie, but that was such a vast disappointment not going to a bowl game. I mean, this is an FAU program that's now used to success, and even the, the, the group of fives in this state not exactly performing. UCF, they beat Florida, but UCF wasn't in the running for an American championship. Yeah. They were pretty much out of it with three weeks left to go. So where do these where do we go here in this state? It's going to be a swing, and I don't know how much it hurts this state that Georgia, though you have Clemson now on the downfall, or at least they had their down year, Georgia just validated itself. And the, at the same time that Florida, all of the Florida schools are trying to find themselves, yeah. Georgia finally got that last stamp of approval and validation. So right. it might make it that much easier for them to poach some of the talent. I don't know. It's tough, though, right now in Florida. And it's going to be one of those years we look back on transitionally. Like, that was the start of... That's what makes this year so difficult to grade out, too, because where we're at 
in yeah. this state, we're used to at least one of the teams being dominant. Man. At least one of the teams playing a New Year's Bowl. At least one of the teams competing for a conference championship. And none of that was even close this yeah. year. I mean, not close, including two of the big three making coaching moves. And the only reason why Florida, or was it Florida State, that yeah, Florida was bowl eligible mm-hmm. was because they played Florida, Florida State. State. So one yeah. of them had to be bowl eligible unless they both tied that yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. So let's grade out this season, okay? Let's grade this college football season. I say C+. Plus. Theo says C-. minus. Christina Costanza says F. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. How do you grade overall this college football season? And uh, let's go ahead and rehash our greatest memories of this year now because, people, it's um, it's a long time. It's nine months until we have college football again. Okay, wow. So this is our final moment to wrap ourselves in this on-the-field college football bosom and feel the warmth of college football. Guess what the next college football game is going to be? What? Northwestern and Nebraska mm. from Dublin, Ireland. Really? Mm-hmm. That's how we're kicking it off next year. Mm, it sure is. I'm sure there'll be a lot of eyes on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> if there's anything that Ireland loves, it's Nebraska and Northwestern football. Oh, yeah. I mean, Northwestern and Nebraska is an affront to American culture when it's played in Lincoln or in Evanston, and now we're bringing it overseas. You, what are we thinking? Well, you know, I, I learned this in, when I was in news. They say fish where the fish are. So that's how you get the most fish. So maybe there's some northwestern Nebraska love out in Ireland. We're yeah, going to where yeah. the fish are. Ireland, known for its love of corn. <laughs> 888-760-3776. Let's grade the college football season. Not high marks so far. Theo says C-. minus. He's tough. Me, I'm more of an easy grader. I'm going with a C plus here. Let's start with Scott in Jupiter. Scott is bringing us his college football report card here on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Scott? Hey, Ken. Good afternoon. Welcome back to town. Thank you, brother. Hey, listen, I tried to call you Friday because I was offended when you called uh, uh, Herb uh, an old man. You <laughs> said he was an old man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I did call Herbie an old crotchety man. You're right. Yeah, I'm 57, he's 52, so I, I kind of I was offended. So. It's how you feel anyway. inside that makes you crotchety, Scott. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm that's sure right. you're young that's and right, brother. <laughs> Yeah, it's all in your mind, right? Yeah, that's right, that's right. Hey, listen, uh, I, I'm a big Kane fan like Theo, and I, I'm hoping and praying that Chris Ball could turn this uh, organization around. Mm-hmm. I've been a fan since 1970. As far as the overall year goes, I, I would... I honestly would rather give it a B. Okay. I think seeing some new teams in the playoffs was kind of unique, or at least the possibility of some new teams in the playoffs was was. But my honestly, my big question, Ken, is how you know you talk about NIL and all these different things and the and the portal and whatnot. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm really afraid that that's going to impact. 
uh, as you say. I mean, what are we gonna? We're gonna root for Jackson State to be in the in the championship game next year. I mean, I'm just a little confused. Well, as, uh, here's where I'm coming from, Scott. And all I'm trying to do is put myself in a position of, and I am. I am not an athlete. I am the furthest from it. So I never would have been in a position to be recruited. But what I like to think in my football utopia is that kids are able to choose based on where they truly want to go, where they feel is the best situation for them. And if that happens not to be at the FBS level, if it is playing for Dion at Jackson State, if it's going to Hampton to play for Theo's Pirates, then go so Pirates. be it. I, I, For me, college football, because of the connectivity now, and you know, Scott, you followed the game. You were in a, a high school football hotbed. Every kid has huddle tape. Every coach in the country can see this stuff. There's more ability to be recruited than ever before, and that's going to lead to some recruiting and kids going places that maybe aren't traditional. And it's like anything. It changes. These programs and teams adjust, and what you're going to find is, and I think Cristobal is good at this, if if there's a trend in college football, you got to follow it. You don't want to be left behind. It's what Lane does well. It's what I think Billy Napier is going to do well at Florida. It may make people like us. Like I'm I'm 37. I feel like I'm 60. Okay, I I, I get it. I get it. It's it's tough to when we grew up with something and knew something. It's tough to consume it in a new sense. NIL is nothing to be afraid of though. Who does it well? That's going to be who emerges. Who does it poorly? That's going to be who sinks. Same thing when it comes to the transfer portal, which we've already seen. Will it frustrate coaches? Sure, but some handle it better than others. And you just got to hope that Mario Cristobal is a guy who can handle it because college football is not going to die. This isn't going to kill college football. I think it's going to make it stronger, but it's also going to provide parity and make it difficult to compete on a year-after-year basis. So don't be scared of it. But what I would say is that embrace it knowing that you now have to hire to make sure to compensate for all of that. Gotcha. Agreed. Appreciate right, you, Scott. Brother. Thank you, you guys. Have a great day. All right. You too, all my right. man. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Am I off base with any of that? Because I don't think NIL is going anywhere. Transfer portal is not going anywhere. Yeah, you can't give it and take it back. So it's definitely not going anywhere. And, and what you said is right. It's going to change. It's going to evolve. And you have to pick the right people and put them in place to make sure that you're evolving with it or even getting ahead of the curve. Yeah. And I'm interested to see what kind of new blood will that, you know, poke into college football. Like, can we see some kind of change? Or is Bama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, are they going to just be ahead of the curve? Like, yeah. they all have it. You know, it's, it's going to be a nice thing to watch pan out. I almost think tomorrow uh friday night lights we should replay our interview with george johnson the martin county quarterback transferring out of michigan Mm -hmm. because we asked him about all of these things hey kirk herbstreet desmond howard they were pretty pretty tough on uh, guys transferring guys opting out you're transferring why you opting out and to paraphrase him he said hey at some point you got to be in business for yourself right and he wasn't getting the opportunity he's been switched positions at michigan he wants to go play somewhere where he's going to have one consistent position Kids transfer for different reasons, yeah. and it's not always because they're sick of, uh, or they're not waiting patiently like the old days. It's because they need a place that has stability. It's yeah. as simple as that. Don't we all need some stability in our life, not just in college football? So I think it's very unfair to just say, uh, transfer portal, and when you, you have the big-name coaches saying, this needs to be regulated, this is a problem, this is frustrating, it's not like uh, it was when I was playing. No, but today's kid is different. The stakes are much higher these days the connectivity is much different these days and i'm never going to argue with a kid who's looking for stability do some student athletes take advantage of it yeah 
For yeah, sure. Of course. With influences from parents but or mentors. But I think that there are a lot who are looking for, for something that fits them. Yeah. And these coaches and these administrations and even some fans are just afraid of relinquishing any kind of power. People like control, and when they're used to having it, they don't want to give it up. So yeah. like, I get why they're mad, but it's going to happen. George is in Delray. George is on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, George? Brother, good show as always. Listen, I got a C-minus also on the uh, college year. Good guy. I, I got to say something about Coach Flo. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, do it, do it. Absolutely. The two, he's the only coach in like 20 years to have back-to-back winning seasons, number one. And I believe we're the first time that we swept the Pats since 2000. Yeah. He's going to find a job somewhere, and he's going to do good. Well, uh, he is uh, interviewing with the Bears today, apparently. Uh, that coming down from media in Chicago, he's interviewing with the Bears. And, George, I appreciate it. Uh, and we still have a lot to talk about with, with Brian oh, yeah. Flores and the Dolphins. Uh, so, yeah, he's interviewing with the Bears today. He swept the Patriots. I was looking at it today, though. There's been a lot of, and you and I were discussing this yesterday, Theo, a lot of, well, he was 4-2 and two against the Patriots. I was looking at what he did against the Bills. Brian Flores was 0-6 against Buffalo, and the Dolphins were outscored by a combined 110 points. Josh Allen. I mean, absolutely obliterated. Mm. And so, Dolphins fans, what I would tell you is if Brian Dable, and Brian Dable has already uh, been asked by the Dolphins to interview for the head coaching job, I would say don't be meh about that. Because Brian Dable is a big reason why Josh Allen is who he is right now. And if he could turn that fullback who wanted to be a quarterback into a quarterback, I bet he can make Tua as serviceable as you would like. Yeah, he can make him better at the very least. And he coached him previously in his best moments at Alabama as the offensive coordinator. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Uh, let's, real quick, uh, Friday Night Lights, can we take this one or should I uh, get to a break real quick? You tell me. You tell me. You're the man in charge. You tell me. All right, we're going to take a break. Hang on. We're going to get to your college football scoreboard, your 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 scorecards, your college football report cards. There we go. Took me three chances to get that. Okay. Your college football report cards. I say C+. Plus. Theo says C-. minus. Scott's going B. George and Del Rey, he says C-, minus, just like Theo. What about you? How do you grade out this college football season with a new champion, but it's an SEC team. Cincinnati, group of five, makes the playoff. But then all we tried to do was discredit them and say a group of five should never be in the playoff again. Michigan got in, but then they got killed by Georgia. How do you consume and how do you grade this college football season? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. couple of pieces of news here. Breaking news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tire on Ken LaVica Live. Uh, so just to follow up on what we were talking about with uh, George and Del Rey, it started with uh, Brian Flores is going to be interviewed, or at least there's been a request by the Bears. Not surprising, the Bears absolutely should talk with Brian Flores, but Adam Schefter just reported that Dolphins just submitted their request to interview Bills OC Brian Dable for their head coaching job per a source. Dable 
has requests now from the Bears and the Dolphins. And yesterday I said, and I still stand by this, you want a guy with experience. I, I, Stephen Ross has struck out with the first-time head coaches. I still think that Harbaugh, and we'll get again, we'll talk about Stephen Ross and what he said about Harbaugh yesterday. If Harbaugh does make himself available, the Dolphins are going to make him, Stephen Ross is going to make him the prime target. But I'm willing to make an exception on the guys with no head coaching experience based on how it looks like the Dolphins are approaching Tua, where they're saying, hey, we're, we're at least for now going to proceed with him as our franchise quarterback, Brian Dable would make a ton of sense. A ton of sense as the head coach. This is good for the Dolphins. Talking with Brian Dable is good because he is a deserving and hot coaching candidate right now. I also wonder, too, because you say, you know, the whole we want to coach with NFL head coaching experience. It seems like Dable and Harbaugh are the lead, you know, not candidates, I guess, because they're not all. But they're the biggest names, they're probably. Big name. So, like, those are the two guys that are the closest tied with the Dolphins right now. Yeah. But also the main thing coming out of the Dolphins camp is that they wanted a guy with NFL experience at head coaching. So it's kind of it's tough. counterproductive it's here. It's tough. What but we're talking about. Brian Dable, I feel like you, you look past his lack of head coaching experience because he knows the division so well. Because he knows the Dolphins. He was on the Dolphins staff. Uh, because he knows Tua so well. Yeah. Coaching him in college, he checks off boxes that a guy who just has experience like a Doug Peterson doesn't have. Though I think Doug Peterson is going to be a name that pops up here, as it should, with this Dolphins coaching search. Let's continue on here with college football. How do you grade the season? I say just above average C+, which is sort of how college went for me, actually. Uh, Theo Dorsey going with a C-, minus, and we've had... A B, that's our highest mark so far. Who Christina Costanza flat out said F. Uh, Scott and Jupiter, Scott I believe, Jupiter gave, gave, it, a uh, gave it a B. Uh, so let's grade out. Let's grade out the college football season. How do you grade it? Taking everything into account. What's the report card mark you're giving the college football season? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. Waiting patiently in Texas is Skyler. Skyler, thank you so much. Welcome into Ken Levick Alive. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd say uh, my grade, I'm in the C, C+. Plus. I'm right there with you guys. Okay. Um, for me, I probably watched the least amount of college football I've watched in quite a few years this what you, year. What do you attribute um, that to? I'm just curious. I'd say, I mean, it's a, a lack of star power for me, honestly. Okay. And that's kind of, you look at the NFL right now, we got a lot of young talent, a lot of guys who are making an impact. Yeah. And so we're missing a lot of those big names in the college landscape. Um, this year, um, and it also seemed inevitable that Georgia was just on their own level. Um, it seemed like we were just waiting to see them get crowned at the end here. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually, Skyler. Is that it, it seemed like it was going to be almost inevitable? It was Georgia or Alabama. Once we hit like week ten, it sort of seemed like that was the path that was going to take place. There wasn't a ton of intrigue the rest of the way. Absolutely. And for me, it was more the off-the-field stuff that was interesting yeah. um, in the college football landscape. You look at um, Brian Kelly going to LSU, Lincoln Riley to USC, and obviously Travis Hunter um, flipping to Jackson State. I think those were some of the bigger stuff, more interesting headlines that I saw throughout the entire season. That is well um, and said. And a lot of that happened late. That is very well said. The periphery, and appreciate you, Skylar, the periphery ended up being more interesting late in the year than anything happening on the field. Yeah, and that's what you don't want. You want the storylines to help enhance people's will to watch your sport. You don't want it to take over, and that's what kind of happened. That is, And I, I don't know if I see that. 
changing in the foreseeable future, though, because Evan made a great point. Evan made a great point last week on his 11.55 show. I believe it was Tuesday. It was Monday or Tuesday that college football has become an all-year-round sport now. Why do we love the NFL? Because it dominates or it has one signature event each month, whether it's the draft or minicamp or training camp or free agency. The NBA has perfected the offseason because there's always speculation to be had. The free agency period is more interesting to some than the actual season. The NBA's turned into a real-life video game yeah. from that perspective. But college football now is all season long, and I think that for some, that's going to draw people in. It might turn some people off, but it's going to draw people in, though, because there's a legitimate college football hot stove that has been created. Yeah, I just hope whatever happens with college football, we still keep that emphasis on the regular season. Like, because, and that's why I'm afraid of a little bit more playoff expansion as well, because I think that is the biggest differentiator between college football and so many other yeah, things. Yeah, I think about it. Last year was a strong quarterback. The, two years ago was a strong quarterback situation, like yeah. last year was. There was more intrigue on the field. Yeah. This year, it, I mean, it all goes with that position. If we end up, next year should be and the year after should be good, strong quarterback competition, Heisman Trophy battle type of years. Mm-hmm. I don't think the periphery is going to matter as much. And we have gone through so much coaching drama this year. There's only so much of that that's going to go around. It can't keep happening every year. Not every year. Yeah, uh-uh. Not that big. Uh, Curtis is in Port St. Lucie. What's going on, Curtis? Hey, Ken LaVica. How you doing? Good, buddy. What's going on? Um, yeah, I want to get your opinion on something, which might be a little bit off than what you're actually talking that's about fine. right now. Um, University of Miami had three outstanding NFL-type um, defensive backs. Mm-hmm. Amari Carter, Bubba Bolden, Gervin Hall. Yep. Um, two of them moving on, Gervin Hall and Carter. How do you actually feel about these guys? You think they, they can play at the next level? Or yeah, I don't see why opinion not. On it? I don't see why not. And, and honestly, Curtis, how many times have we seen, even with mediocre Canes teams, these guys go into the draft. And I haven't seen exactly where they're projected, but just off the top of my head, I'm probably thinking a third, fourth round grade for those guys, maybe even higher. But how many of these guys have ended up going in the league and having good six, seven, eight-year careers? So uh, the, the recruiting has not been the problem, Curtis. You know that. You follow the Canes. The recruiting hasn't been the issue, no matter how you feel about Manny Diaz, no matter how you felt about Mark Richt and his recruiting, no matter how you felt about Randy Shannon. The recruiting was there. It was the coaching, which makes it so frustrating that the results that some of these guys have gotten in the NFL, it wasn't the case when they were in Coral Gables. But those defensive backs, they'll find teams, and I think they'll be on teams next year. They're not, we're not going to be sitting here and saying, man, I wonder why they don't have a team. They're going to latch on, especially Gervin Hall, someone that I covered in, uh, in high school when he was in high school. I think these are legitimate NFL DBs, and uh, appreciate the call, Curtis. The Canes are frustrating because yeah. generally, at least over the last, what, 10, 15 years, the success in the NFL has been greater than the success on the field in college. Not even generally, like, all across the board, it feels like. Even Braxton Berrios all of a sudden is Braxton like, Berrios? I mean, they called him, uh, Salah called him the Jets' best player. Yeah, that's wild to me. Think about that. Braxton Berrios is like in the league tearing it up. And it's like, we he did well as a, as a Miami Hurricane. Like, he had the game winner against Florida State and all of that. But, you know, he's now a legit NFL wide receiver. 
It's going to be really embarrassing when uh, we go and actually figure out the draft grades for those three DBs that Curtis mentioned, and I completely overvalued them. Yeah, they're like you guys at third and fourth. It's going to be like seventh round agent. undrafted free agent grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll look. We'll get Friday night lights on that. We'll let him do some uh, some homework here on uh, on Kane's DBs even, and draft. Even grades. last year for Miami, terrible. You know, terrible defensive year. Not terrible, but not good. Two pass rushers in the first round. Yeah. It's like yeah. it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, what does matter is making sure that you're represented if you have a personal injury matter. And that's where Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates Personal Injury Attorneys comes in. Pat's going to join us tomorrow. He's our sports agent and sports law insider. Has spent a long time as an NFL agent. He is still someone who uh, is, is on the inside to an extent. But uh, what he can do for you is make sure you get the compensation you deserve. What he can do for you is give you someone you can trust in a personal injury situation where sometimes that's hard to find. That's Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Decades of trial experience working for you. Automobile accident, boating accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, doesn't matter. It's Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys, and your consultation is free. That's right, free. It's not charging to buy the hour for the consultation. Wantalawyerup.com. Wanttolawyerup.com. It's as simple as that. Get your free consultation. Sit down with Pat and company, and they're coming up with a game plan for you. Wanttolawyerup.com. Free consultation. That's Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys. Go to wanttolawyerup.com. When we return here on Ken Levick Alive, it is time for the listening lunch, including, well, Theo and I got TV famous last night. Mm. You're not going to want to miss this because if you missed the story on WPTV News Channel 5, we have the whole thing for you. And boy, Theo, we have star power. We're stars. Speaking of, we have some star power. We made the big time last night. Yeah. Listening lunch on the way. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. <laughs> This is why it's fascinating to actually do radio shows with former athletes. Uh, unlike me, I'm just a dope who's talked his entire life. Like Theo, he's he's you pretty run. athletic. You I do run. run. I run, but that's like fake. That's being a fake athlete. I got run. I can't do like uh, stuff that involves uh, you know like footballs or basketballs or yeah. soccer balls or that's baseballs. That's when it gets complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just <laughs> I I I I am a uh, I'm someone who's an athlete in the the world's oldest sport and that's just running, just running. using things already attached to your body. Uh, but like Stone Labanowitz and Cyrus Wittig, they played they played college football. Stone was uh, a, a big time quarterback in this area at South Fork, went on to play at Southern Illinois, D1. Uh, but they're telling me that and they're telling us Theo that Stetson Bennett like this is the feel good story of the year yeah. Stetson Bennett third string quarterback playing at his dream school gets thrust into the spotlight nobody believed in him wins a national championship this kid used to have his dad drive him all around Georgia and Florida in high school and go to all these different camps these like recruiting camps and he would steal reps from other quarterbacks, he and, would go and wear the mailman hat. Yeah, he wear he would wear a, a, a UPS hat backwards, and uh, they call him the mailman because he because he delivered. Yeah, he delivered balls. One, what a nerd! What a <laughs> dork! What a dork! Uh, but also, uh, he would go to these camps and get buddy buddy with some of these receivers and just steal other quarterbacks' reps so that coaches would have a better chance of noticing him. Like that's sort of ratty, right? I, I wonder too. Did they ever have any camps that landed on a Sunday? Because then somebody could have been like, you know, used the old Jordan line on 
Scotty on, Pippen, the mailman oh, doesn't Scott, deliver yeah, on yeah, Sundays. Scotty on, on yeah. uh, Carl Malone, the yeah. mailman doesn't deliver on Which is still one of the greatest NBA lines of all time. Oh, that's tough. I don't know, man. I don't like that. I see Stetson Bennett being prayed around, and I don't like I don't like this revelation. Now, I didn't know that he would go and just steal reps from kids who are also trying to get recruited. Yeah. He would just travel Georgia and travel Florida stealing reps. Probably that's nonsense, man. That is absolute nonsense. Did it? Did it, Friday Night Lights? Did he take reps from Uticam? Okay. Uh, yeah. Stone, Stone will be throwing elbows, yeah, yeah. man. That would be that would be a big time problem. Uh, but Stetson Bennett, he is the uh, the man of the hour. Uh, the Georgia quarterback. Georgia beats Alabama in the national championship game last night. Uh, Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. I'd love to hear a firsthand story of Stetson Bennett. Uh, screwing over uh, another quarterback at a, uh, a college football camp. I'd love to hear that. And by the way, I have a feeling I'm going to get ombudsman. So Curtis in Port St. Lucie called about um, uh, Bubba Bolden and Gervin Hall, and I can't remember the Amari other Carter. Amari Carter. Yeah, yeah Amari Carter, uh, Vero kid, uh, about their pro prospects. And I just like throw out, yeah, third or fourth round pick. Yeah. I don't think they're a third. We looked at the draft grades. Uh, it's, not, it's, not third or it's not great. Well, it's, you never uh, know. It's it's uh, it's not great. Uh, is, this, is, is this Vinny? Is this Vinny about to smack me? All right, Vinny's in Palm Beach Gardens. What's up, Vin? Give me the scouting report and uh, how wrong was I? I'm going to start off and I'm going to designate myself on this radio show as the Hurricane football expert. Okay, perfect. Those were so pathetic. <laughs> First of all. Oh. <laughs> Gervin Hall should give back his jersey, should never be allowed to even touch oh, Sean Taylor's number. Man. Okay, let me just, and I, I, don't get me wrong, I mean, Saban's helicoptering in to see him, but he just didn't live up to expectations. you got to be able to tackle Buddy and cover. Amari Carter, you got to stop getting thrown out of games, man, <laughs> by targeting. Okay, those guys aren't even going to, I'm going to be honest with you, I'd be shocked if either of those two get drafted. They might go, um you know, get picked up by a team. Yeah. Uh, Bolden, definitely talented. I see a second, a high, high, high second if somebody takes a high risk on him and he does well at the combine, but more like a third or an okay. early fourth. So I, I got one okay, One three. last thing I need to talk to you about. Yeah. We need to pay attention as Hurricane fans because what Georgia did last night is what three years of phenomenal um, recruiting does. Yeah. As Hurricane fans, we need to, we need uh, Mario to come out and tell us who the OC in the D.C. is. We have a huge recruiting week coming up in about a week and a half, and we need that determination out now so we can get the buzz and get these players down here. That's Vin, what makes championships. Absolutely. That is so well said, and it goes back. And you remember, Vin, after the, uh, after the, the Florida-Georgia game when Dan Mullen just didn't want to talk about recruiting and Kirby Smart made sure to say, well, recruiting's the lifeblood. Uh, we have what we have because of recruiting. That made Dan Mullen look so bad, completely undercut him. He wasn't coming back from that. And you're right. The evidence of what recruiting five stars does over a three-, four-year period, that's the culmination of it right there. It is so important. <laughs> Mullen, we all knew when he got dra- when he got drafted when he got when he went to Florida. We knew he didn't. He, if you don't have that passion for recruiting, you're not going to be able to build that championship team. And so, you know, Florida's in a better shape with Napier. But I, I need to know what my Hurricanes are doing. I need there's some new blood there. I need to know who the offensive coordinator is. I need to know who the DC is. And we got to keep T. Rob. He's the one of the best cornerback coaches out there, and he's a phenomenal recruiter. Vin, I appreciate you, and uh, thank you for clearing that up instead of me just talking out of my ass, yeah. which is uh, how I've made a living. I appreciate but, that. But can I say something with the Georgia versus Miami? Like Georgia's blueprint to recruiting, Miami couldn't even touch that. 
Georgia is competing against who in the state of Georgia for the kids in Georgia. When you step foot in Georgia, it doesn't matter what area of the state you're in, everybody's a dogs fan. There's like two Georgia Tech fans in the whole state. <laughs> and then Bama might creep over. In Florida, it's going to be way harder for Miami to be able to get that much within the state, let alone recruit out of the state. It is. I don't think Georgia's the blueprint for Miami in that way because we can never touch them on the way that they're able to recruit. What I am hopeful with, with Cristobal, is that he has literally coached coast-to-coast now. Yeah, He has a wider Rolodex than any coach that Miami has had in decades. He's got California connections. He's got Alabama connections. He's got the entire Southeast. He's got the state of Florida. He's got Dade, Broward, Palm Beach. He was a former head coach in Miami-Dade at the college level. So I just think the Rolodex, that is where you see hope because he is someone that has been in living rooms in California. He's been in living rooms in uh, Arizona. He's been in living rooms in Texas. It's expansive. That's where you hold out hope that he's going to get four stars and he's going to get five stars and he's going to be able to build this thing. Again, is it going to be a championship level year after year after year like Georgia expects? No. Could it put you in the position to win an ACC every year or at least be in the title game? Yeah. You should. And I think that that's reasonable. But what does that look like? Because what Georgia did on the recruiting trail was number one and two with that Alabama for the past four or no, five I know. years. They, they've We're literally, not doing that. No, I know. No, not Miami at all. Miami can't touch that. Like but maybe top If 10, Miami can top get top five, ten every year, yeah. that's good. That's good enough. That's good enough. And then you can find yourself in an advantageous position out of that. I think that's that's where you be. do it. It should be, but now you got to worry. About, I mean, USC is going to start bringing in some you know heavy recruiting classes, like, and they're going to be poaching players from this area. Like, you think about LSU, maybe they get a bit more of a revival with Brian Kelly and that new accent. But like, who doesn't love the accent? This is another thing, though, with the Canes. Ken Canes fans, and you're right about that yeah. accent. <laughs> family, hey, come be part of the LSU family. Like, this is I, Brian Kelly from the great state of Massachusetts. Come I be part of our family. <laughs> I want to run through a wall for that guy. Yeah, like uh, right now. <laughs> unbelievable. Come on, come play for LSU. Eat some gumbo. Remember when I was born and raised in Boston, <laughs> Brian Kelly. Uh, the um, but the, but what Canes fans are going to need to be able to accept. And this is hard for some Canes fans. And I know this because my personal life is surrounded by them. Mario is not going to focus specifically on the state of Florida. Sorry, that's not the thing that he's going to do. That's not the approach he's going to take. Is he going to pick certain guys from the 305? Sure. 954? Yep. 561? Uh-huh. But he's also not going to just solely recruit from there. There are going to be some guys that get plucked by Alabama still. There are going to be some guys that get plucked by Georgia. There are going to be some guys that get plucked by Michigan because Mario Cristobal casts too wide a net to just be recruiting from the state of Florida. Sorry, not realistic. And if you want the Canes to actually be competitive year after year after year and be what you want them to be, then it can't just be Florida kids. Uh Uh-uh. Bar none. That's not reasonable and you can't and it's not win realistic florida. you can't win florida you're There's not gonna florida, win florida, florida state miami yeah and everyone else is down here too that's true too so it's like you already have three blue chips yeah. really florida florida state miami are three really really high level programs yep. or at least they're supposed to be yep and when it comes to recruit you're just not gonna win absolutely like it's absolutely so you've got to be realistic with what the canes are and they're gonna have to be a coast-to-coast brand as opposed to a state of florida because yeah. that doesn't exist anymore the state of miami 
doesn't exist anymore. It's over with. It's over with. It's done. It's been done. And part of the problem is that some still think it exists when it's been dead for 15, 20 years. Yeah. Ken Levick alive with Theo Dorsey here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, we are really late on the listening lunch. What I want to do <laughs> is we're going to break. I want you to hear this news story that aired last night on WPTV News Channel 5. Uh, this is, they, they did a Brian Flores fired piece on WPTV, and they came in with TV cameras to this show and did a story, a news story, on the news station. People tuning in for news, and they see Theo and my dumbasses <laughs> talking about Brian Flores. A news story based off of this radio show last night, including one of our listeners that we, and I'm taking responsibility for this, Theo, you and I made into a TV star in his own right. Yeah. The television debut of Ken Levick Alive, Theo's on TV like every night, yeah. but the television debut of Ken Levick Alive happened last night. And Leo and Riviera Beach had a TV career launched off of this. We will hear the story that aired last night on WPTV News Channel 5 when we return. And then we're going to hear from the reporter who reported it all from right here in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. We're TV stars, damn it. And we're live on ESPN 106.3.